0: It's an exciting day for UFC fans or MMA fans in general. It's UFC 259. It is a really packed card, and I'll be bringing predictions on the three title fights. I do want to point out that there are a lot of familiar names on the undercard, including Tim Elliott, who's had a title fight, uh, Joseph Benavidez, who's had four title fights, Dominic Cruz, which is probably the biggest name on the undercard. Dominic Cruz, multiple-time champion at Bantamweight. um, And he's actually an underdog on this card as far as the betting lines go. Um, So there's so much that we could address, but I just wanna look at the three uh, title fights today. I will say that UFC 259, in my understanding, is the card that's really all about the challengers. I really think that it's an exciting uh, card for the challengers and I'm gonna be really looking at what all the challengers bring. And I think that we could potentially see all three challengers uh, win. That probably won't happen, but still we'll be looking at it and also looking at the betting lines. The betting lines I found, the first of the three um, championship fights is the Bannerweight current male champion, Peter Yan at negative 120 versus Aljamain Aljo Sterling at positive 100. This is the closest. Those are close betting lines. Um, And I'm gonna say that Aldermaine Sterling has uh, a good opportunity here to win. He's more well-rounded than Petra. That doesn't always mean that he is going to win. Petra has a really great uh, boxing, a little bit of kickboxing, but mainly a boxing style. He's a very good boxer, very good striker. Uh, Al has been finished before by strikes, and he's much more of a grappler, jiu-jitsu, wrestling style. He does throw more kicks, I believe, than the champion does. Um, So there's always a chance that he'll get something timed up there. But I think what you're really going to be looking at in this fight is that classic in-between distance. Uh, Jan is not the longest fighter in that division and Sterling is longer than he is. And I think if Sterling can use his kicks to frustrate Jan and keep a distance, and then when Jan comes in to get into close range for boxing, which is really where he's quite good, then Sterling's going to have to chain a takedown or come up with a way to change levels without um, getting anything too much damage to him. I do think this could be a really competitive and fun fight. I'm going to say, I don't see Jan winning by decision. Um, And of course I might look dumb once this fight is over, but I think the champion is more likely to get a finish. He fights that way. Could he win decision? Absolutely he could, but I think Sterling's either gonna win a decision if he wins or potentially get a finish as a grappling heavy, great jujitsu. I could see him more than likely winning a decision. If I was putting a prop bet, I would probably go Sterling decision um, more than a finish. Although if the prop bet's good, I might go uh, for a finish, a submission finish, because I think Sterling has a good opportunity for that. But that's a very exciting. It's great to see the Bantamweight having so much talent. I'd love to see Dominic Cruz win um, his fight tonight, even though he's pushing 40, and make another run at the at the title. He's always exciting to watch. And it's cool that they put him on the same card. And they usually do that on purpose to line up potential challengers on the same cards that they there on the same timetable. The second fight of the night is, I think, super exciting. The odds makers have Amanda Nunes as a minus 1100 versus Megan Anderson as a plus 700. You're talking, you're really starting to look in the range of the respect that Ronda Rousey got. It's understandable because not only has Nunez beaten Ronda Rousey, she's knocked out Cyborg Cyborg, and pretty much destroyed everybody and is the only, and I think this is a big deal, is the only double champ who's actually defended. Um, and there's been, I think now five double champs, but she's the only one that actually defended at both weight classes. So that's incredible in and of itself. I am pulling for not only the massive underdog, but I do think that all the challengers have an opportunity to really show themselves well. In many ways, one of the only reasons to really see this going in Megan Anderson's favor, and I was thinking about this, is really based on, if you go back several years, it's really based on the John Jones verse um, Swedish dude. Hold on. Well, for now, we're gonna call him Swedish dude. Alexander Gustafsson, there we go. Um, doing this, doing this from memory. Sorry there, uh, Alexander. But going into that fight, if you may remember, um, nobody really knew much about him. He was decent, of course, but John Jones was a destroyer of worlds. And all they said was, well, he's tall. And that was really the first time that John Jones fought somebody his height. And obviously, Alexander was an incredible fighter, could have won that fight, maybe won that fight, but John Jones got the last round. And that really did it for him. I'm kind of remembering that and saying, I'm not counting Megan Anderson out. He's a man who is the better fighter. Probably uh, probably better striker. She also has a good ground game. Um, she knows she's very smart. She knows when to take the fight to the ground. She's finished fighters with, with strikes on the ground. That's more her preferred style. I know she has jujitsu, but more preferred styles styles ground and pound, which of course will negate the length, but I'm going Megan here. She hasn't had, the smoothest of UFC careers, she is six feet tall, she's much longer and she's a true 145. er If you can remember back when Cyborg was at 145, everybody was basically just a big 135 or even they were 135 that kind of just didn't cut the weight and were kind of undersized 145. This is a true 145 and I'm just thinking that there's a possibility here that size does matter at six feet tall Megan's obviously going to have to keep distance. There's a lot that she's going to have to do. I would like to see her work behind a jab, but also timing knees. Knees behind a jab if Amanda gets reckless. Amanda has incredible striking. She could still outstrike her. If you remember way back um, when Randy Couture Uh, beat and came out of retirement to beat Tim Sylvia. Tim Sylvia is a giant compared to Randy and and Randy outboxed him on the feet and then grappled him. So I, obviously there's a lot going on, Amanda, but if you remember back when Ronda Rousey was at negative a thousand, sometimes negative 2,500 at some point, as far as betting lines goes, um, putting money on the challenger until they win is what Vegas Dave recommended. If you remember Vegas Dave, Dave winning millions when Ronda Rousey lost to Holly home. Um, And he had said that I think three times before that he had just started putting money on the challenger, knowing that at some point Ronda Rousey was going to lose. And obviously every time she wins um, at that huge spread, then her spread even gets bigger. So if Amanda wins today against Megan, which she very well may, then the next time it's probably going to even be be a bigger spread. So at this point, putting money on Megan um, probably is a good bet as long as you are wise with it. Don't go overboard on that. But I would like to see a change. Clearly, Amanda has GOAT status and it would be great to see her continue on her dominance. So that's what I'm looking at for the uh, Women's Featherweight Championship. And hats off to Amanda for actively defending belts in two-way classes. Now we're to the main event of the evening, which is a champion versus champion. Super exciting. Doesn't happen often. And it is... Really exciting to see. The 185-pound reigning champ, Israel Adesanya, last style bender, is coming up to fight the very new, this will be his first title fight, uh, title defense for Jan Bolhovich. This is interesting because, as I said, I'm going to make a case for the challengers in all three cases. This Israel Adesanya is the challenger, but he's not the underdog. Um, He's at a negative 230 here on what I found, and Jan is at a plus plus. 190. Jan is 37 or 38 years old. He actually had a birthday during Embedded. If you watch that, they showed him on Embedded, having a birthday, so I think he went from 37 to 38. He's incredibly powerful, uh, does have good grappling, has some nice submissions. They've been really playing a lot of his submission up against the cage, a standing rear naked choke where he was actually in front of his opponent but then reached behind and choked them out. So that type of creativity and experience could be very good he is going to be more powerful stronger heavier than Israel Adesanya is used to but obviously the odds maker sees Israel winning it's likely the better bet here is that Israel is clearly a better striker Jan tens it was a really good fight against Luke Rockhold who was also coming up now is there a difference between Luke Rockhold and Israel sure of course there is But at the same time, Luke was a former 185 pound champ coming up to 205 and Jan knocked him out with a, with a hook. He is very good, um, power punching and Israel is obviously, um, not necessarily used to the power of Jan. Israel is undefeated, which is super exciting at MMA. This is a great fight. Um, but he's not undefeated in kickboxing. If you look back and he has 75 wins or something, but his last kickboxing fight, he got knocked out, um, Very badly, And you know, sometimes people bring that up. I just bring it up to say that obviously he can be finished. Jan could finish him. Will Jan win a decision? I think if Jan wins a decision, it's gonna be the grappling game. Jan is a good grappler. He has um, MMA grappling. I was watching some of his highlights and whole switch to somebody's back and then just kind of trip or drag them down. It's not necessarily shooting double legs across the cage, but I do think he can pose a threat here for Israel. Israel's got great takedown defense because his entire career in MMA at which he's undefeated has been people knowing that they could beat him if they take taken him down. They have taken him down, but they've never beaten him. So I think Israel has a really good case here to win by striking, possibly a finish, more likely a decision. I think Israel is smart, in great shape, and will use uh, a variety of striking techniques to go 25 minutes unless. less something really starts to wear on Jan and he can get the finish. Otherwise, I think Jan has a good chance at a decision as well. So this could be pretty late of a day with three title fights, all potentially going 25 minutes, but particularly this fight, it could go 25. Jan uh, could grapple heavy on this. And I think if he does, he might get a finish. He's good at submission. So we will see. But I will officially say contenders for tonight, keep an eye on all the challengers um, and especially the champ first champ. And that is what we'll see happen. And if things are super exciting, and maybe if I'm really right or if I'm really wrong, um, I might do um, a recap tomorrow about how the fights went. And we'll have to see, but it's gonna be a great card. Tune in and watch UFC 259 tonight.